You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Minister of Minerals and Energy Gwede Mantash probably won't be getting too many Christmas cards from the renewable energy community this year. His budget speech in Parliament last week showed that he's determined to forge ahead with a mix of fossil fuel technologies, even in the same week that the International Energy Agency was saying no new oil, gas and coal projects beyond this year if we to meet our Paris commitment. And he also might not be getting many Christmas cards from energy intensive users of whatever technological persuasion following his adherence to the 10 megawatt cap on self-gen based on an apparent survey of 10,000 respondents who all think that 10 megawatts is perfectly sufficient. That surprised a lot of people. Energy analyst Chris Yelland, uh, I'm sure, was amongst them and wrote an excellent investigative piece on this published over the weekend involving interesting characters. Ted Blom, Dear SA. Chris, it's all very curious. Let's start with self-gen firstly and why it's important, which is pretty much universally accepted as a way to overcome load that's right. Uh, I mean, everything from small businesses to medium-sized businesses to large business, industry, uh, mining, both small mining, open-cost mining, large mining operations, energy-intensive users, up to the smelters of aluminium in South Africa are all saying the same thing. They are wanting to do self-generation in order to relieve ESCO of its burden. Uh, to secure uh, uh, green energy, a lot of them are. A lot of companies are under pressure to green their footprint uh, and, um, and and lower their costs and improve their reliability of electricity supply. So, so many reasons uh, are really coming together, and uh, the pressure is really on to uh, relax the, uh, the, the the regulatory constraints uh, that serve only to hinder people from uh, becoming part of the solution to the needs of South Africa's electricity supply. But the uh, the minister, I think, was quoted in uh, the Sunday papers as saying he was doing it to avoid complete anarchy and chaos or something to that effect. Uh, d- d- I mean, w- do, you, do you agree that uh, increasing this limit would, would lead to anarchy and chaos in the energy sector? Not in the slightest. You see, to be able to connect to the grid, you do need to check out that the grid can handle what you're proposing. And the grid operator, whether it's ESCOM or the municipal network operator, has to give a letter of permission whether or not there is a license. In fact, even before you apply for a license, you have to get permission, there has to be studies done in order to ensure that what you're gonna connect to the grid, A, complies with the grid code, and B, that the grid can handle it. So all of that work is done in any case Mm. before you even apply for a license. What is the point of the license? It it doesn't, the thing that avoids chaos is the fact that the grid operator does their homework and decides to whether you're allowed to connect to it or not. Whether you have a license or not will make absolutely no difference uh, to, uh, to the grid. Uh, and to suggest that it will introduce chaos is nonsense because, in fact, the last word is held by the grid operator. 
That is uh, the bottom line. I didn't see any further comment from the minister elaborating on why chaos ensues beyond 10 megawatts. But let's move on to this mysterious survey, shall we? We heard about it for the first time uh, when it appeared that the minister went off speech in his uh, budgetary vote uh, speech in Parliament. Uh, What did he actually say? How did these 10,000 submissions, comments come into being? Well, of course, in his speech, uh, he didn't uh, make that clear at all. Uh, in fact, that's, there were so many questions afterwards. What is this survey that you're referring to? It was then acknowledged by, the, by his departmental officials that there actually was no survey. They didn't, the department did not conduct a survey at all. What they did get was a large number of responses by email to the call for public comments on the process of lifting the generation limit. And I've established that these, uh, this large number, very large number of responses that they've had, uh, actually email, they've all, they all sent by email to the department, at the moment something like 16,000 responses, and they emanate via a website called Dear South Africa, which uh, purports to conduct a kind of a petition, but the petition is not sent as one big uh, petition with a lot of signatures on it in one single uh, document uh, to the department. Uh, Every time a person uh, fills in a form and presses the submit button, a unique email is sent to the department that looks like that it's coming from the uh, person who filled in the form directly, but it's not. It's coming via this website called Dear South Africa. And of course, uh, you know, the whole purpose of a public participation process is to solicit serious, substantive comments to propose legislation. It's not a vote that is taking place. It's not a, a plebiscite that is used to count the number of votes and the majority wins. It's not an election. (laughs) It's a public participation process designed to solicit serious and in-depth comments on complex pieces of uh, regulatory legislation to help the government sort out any uh, errors or improvements that could be made to this legislation. And this kind of uh, mass populist responses which simply sent a one-line response uh, to the call for uh, public participation uh, in this uh, process, completely, in my view, defeats the, the very purpose of such uh, a public participation process, mm-hmm. and it reduces it to a populist one-liner uh, that says, yes, we're in favor of it, no, we're not, and the people, the 16,000 people who said have, have actually never even read mm. the uh, Schedule 2 of the Electricity Regulation Act on which they are commenting. So uh, there have been many, many thousands of responses. These are unverified, unaudited uh, responses received by email. They all you know, have the same format. Uh, they, uh, they all have a yes or a no and a, and a one-line comment. Uh, And really, uh, if this is what the minister is using to substantiate his preconceived notions that a 10 megawatt limit is the right thing, uh, for me, it's just, uh, uh, it it turns the whole process 
into a farce. It really does, and it's ambiguous, even if we are to go on a one-line question. Do you support the proposed amendment to the licensing exemption notice? That gets uh, pretty ambiguous. Uh, I don't think you get more ambiguous than that. Is it 10 megawatts? Is it 50 megawatts? So even in that. Now, Carol Payton published an article in which he says that Minister Mantashe's spokesperson, Nati Shabangu, is adamant that the petition is not the origin of the 10,000 comments claim. So if it isn't, then, then what is? Well, I can tell you as a fact. I spoke to Nati Shabangu today. And the vast majority, the vast majority, and I'm talking about well over 99% of the 16,000 responses that have been received, over 99% of those come from the Dear South Africa website. And perhaps as much as 100, or should we just say 150 or to 200, uh, came as normal submissions uh, by people who are submitting bona fide submissions uh, of a substantive nature. Uh, so you can say 99% came by the, the Dear South Africa website and 1% were the normal submissions. Right, okay, so it's semantics, really. Dear South it's Africa, uh, who, I mean, they just popped up on the scene as this uh, non-profit that were agitating. They seem to be agitating in a really positive manner. Now this, and I believe that the whole thing has folded in on itself, uh, according to uh, what you've picked up, uh, around uh, funding that was received from a grant funder in the UK, UK-based donor, because the money's gone just tie it all up for me. It's, it's a complex and uh, sorry tale of a perhaps well-meaning initiative to start off with, uh, to set up a online facility where people can submit comments to proposed legislation or other issues. It's a kind of a petition website, and it was set up and, uh, and it needed money, and there was grant funding available from overseas. But to do that, you had to set up a not-for-profit company, whereas this thing had been set up as a PTY limited company. So they set up a not-for-profit front organization in order to receive some donor funding from the UK. No sooner had this donor funding arrived uh, into the bank account of the not-for-profit company in South Africa, when the directors of the not-for-profit company, uh, the three directors, uh, started fighting about the money. Uh, short and tall of it, uh, while there was, uh, uh, one of the directors was removed as a director by the other directors, the bank account was frozen, and the UK donor demanded their money back. They couldn't get the money back. Uh, it went to court, uh, an urgent interdict uh, to went uh, uh, recently, uh, the court finally liquidated the, the, the not-for-profit company and uh, only to find that there was no money in the bank account any longer. It had disappeared. Uh, so it's the most embarrassing saga uh, for dear South Africa uh, as a result of what I would term the proverbial fallout amongst thieves uh, where the directors of dear South Africa uh, have engaged in, in fighting amongst themselves to the extent that this whole thing has fallen flat and uh, and has been liquidated. I think, uh, Chris, uh, bottom line is that public comments on the amendment to Schedule 2 do close on the 4th of June, and so Correct. it will be interesting to see just how the Minister weighs up 
those one-line emails that are clearly now coming through this uh, petition generator on the DRSA website versus the more substantive comment, you know, one, two, three, two, however many pages of commentary uh, that he's likely to receive outside of that. So I think uh, we're going to be keeping a very keen eye on things uh, as to the developments through the Schedule 2 looking glass uh, in Alice and Wonderland, that is the Department of Minerals and Energy in South Africa. Great uh, reporting and investigation. Investigating by Chris Yelland at EE Business Intelligence.